Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the February 20th edition, the first Sunday edition without uh, without a football game to uh, talk about or that just happened. Um, really sad. And I think we'll be okay. We'll survive. We've got some good stuff here. We're going to talk Super Bowl futures. We've got... Um, a couple of segments that people have wanted that we're bringing back uh, and a new one that is aligned with an old segment that everyone loved. Quibi is back. Recommendations are back. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. was also told that there is a uh, a sequel to the Eric um, referee basketball stories that um, that you teased. You texted me last night and you're like, hey, I've got a story for you. Um, so I, I know I kind of want to save it for the end, but I'm also just really oh, anxious. Nice. I want to I want to hear this story. So I just got back from my oldest uh, game. She had one yesterday. She had one today. So I have a couple of funny stories, hopefully for the people. Um, in the in in the game yesterday, there was this referee who's probably like sixty, tall, kind of like tall, a tall thin guy. Looked like he had just smoked a, a fatty. Just just he was he was moving around um, really slowly, really nonchalantly, kind of just just there, right? No refing, just vibes. And so it gets to the end of the first quarter and there was somebody like sitting like maybe five feet away from me who was wearing like a Joe cool sweatshirt. And this, this referee walks over to him and goes, is that Joe Burrows? And he says, Burrows, not Burrow. He goes, is that Joe Burrows on your sweatshirt? And so then he proceeds to talk to this guy about the Super Bowl, how bad of a call the thing on Logan Wilson was, you know, how close they got. They'll be back next year. Meanwhile, all the girls are back on the court, lined up, ready to play. This other referee is like tapping his foot. Both coaches are like, and this guy's just talking to this parent and has like no sort of awareness that we're all like, all staring at him while he's like having this like mid-afternoon conversation. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And, And it all started with, is that Joe Burrows? <laughs> uh, I self-awareness um, 
is not something that uh that is given out for free that's for sure um (laughs) uh i'm so we have a basketball game today Uh and i'm pretty excited to see there's apparently referees i haven't played so we're playing in like a pff um we have pff team playing in a in a i don't know you used to call it a rec league basically I have not played in a basketball game with referees in a really, really long time. And I don't think you have either. I'm it's a little interested like to see how this goes. I played in a men's league that had refs. Yeah. It was going to be interesting. Who's more yeah. likely, who's more likely to get a tech me or you? Uh, I, I got tech. I got kicked out of like, Hey, tournaments for technicals and stuff. And like, I was a very big hothead when I was younger. I'm far more like now being like a parent and just seeing like the other side and being like, I like, I remember just one game last week, I yelled foul once and I looked at another parent. I'm like, I promise I wouldn't do this shit. And like, so I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm conditioned to be like a little bit more, uh, more, less, less likely to get technical maybe than you at this point. I think it should be pretty close. I think it should be minus 110 on both sides, to be honest. Well, because I'm a big, so I'm going to be down there following people or right. not following people. You're so a I think physical it's a guy. Bit more likely for me to have something where I'm just like, that's not a foul. And whereas you're, you're, you know, more of a guard. So then you might, I mean, they're probably not going to call as much stuff on you as me. So maybe that's it. I'm, I'm more likely to, um, to, uh, like, get very very mad at myself and less likely to get mad at the refs so i think it should be about minus 110 both sides by the way the funniest thing about like having like a kid in games is like you know you can't really get mad at like the other kids for like not being any good and the funniest thing is there's a couple of like of of girls on my daughter's team i call them fives because they're like the bigs and and i just remember today there was like the other team shot miss no rebound, shot, miss, no rebound. Shot. And I just like looked at my wife. I'm like, there's no boards, just vibes on this team. Like there's like this one, the one kid just does not want to rebound at all. You know how, you know how I know you're old? So funny. You know how I know you're old? Cause you're preaching about rebounding. I know. Every I know, single know. coach, every single grown up, you know, you get old and you start talking about rebounding and defense. <laughs> If we win the battle on the boards, kids, just, and we play good defense, I'm pretty we'll sure win I said this game. No rebounds, just vibes, like ten times today. Oh, um, that, they must have loved you. They must have been really excited I, about your I presence. It to Stephanie, because here's the thing: I'm Poor already parents. over. I'm already over that uh, that phrase, and I've just heard it twice. Um, we have got uh, some Super Bowl futures to talk about before we get into that. Um, if you are going to bet on sports and there are a lot of sports that are going on that are not football. Um, I wouldn't call what happened in the NBA um, like skills competition slash slam dunk competition sports, but you could have bet on it. Um, But the NBA is going on. College basketball is going on. I have some golf bets that I'm sort of watching right now um, and golf majors are about to happen. So it's a great opportunity for you to kind of like reset on your betting, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, and get yourself ready to rock. Use promo code PFF and make a deposit as a new customer. And you can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's a great 
opening offer to get you rolling uh, for this off season. Take that $150 in free bets and put it on a nice old master's uh, bet. A couple of good options there. I need to do a little more research for, for a break it down for you, but let's just say this. Brooks Kepka missed the cut this week. I think it could be a good opportunity to pounce on uh, Brooks because you know he always shows up in majors. The value? Anyways, we'll value. I, haven't, I, I don't want to make that an official. I haven't put that in yet, but I'm very much considering it right now. Um, also, sportsbooks are not available in your state. I'm not suggesting that you move to another state, but with DraftKings, you can still get in on the action with Daily Fantasy. They have huge cash prizes for basketball contests. Of course, Mark Madness is coming up as well. So you want to go get yourself ready to rock. DraftKings Sportsbook promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any NBA team. You get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum uh, 21 plus age and location, location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gaming problem call. 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's do some Super Bowl futures here. Uh, these odds, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, how would you like to kind of think about this? I guess maybe the, the right question to, to start out with is when you're going to bet Super Bowl futures, what's your mindset? Are you looking for um, like three different teams kind of all leveled in different you know, by different, um, by different kind of odds? Are you looking to stay away from favorites? How do you approach it? Yeah, I think, firstly, I think it's a way to steady um, expectations for the season, right? So, mm -hmm. like, for me, the, the question isn't even, like, betting right away. It's what has changed? What is, you know, what what is happening to the league at large? And then, you know, once you sort of stack the things on top of each other, you're like, okay, um, you know, then the, then you can sort of see things that pop out at you, right? So um, one one example here. So we we have you know DraftKings has Kansas City and Buffalo as the two favorites. They are plus seven fifty. Um, last season, uh, basically right away, you could have got you know at times. I think this was at, Kansas City was the favorite last year, but they were plus five fifty, right? Um, plus 750. And the easiest way to do this, by the way, if you just want to find break even, it's just if it's a plus price, just take one over. Um, you know, if it's 750, then put 850 underneath 8.5, right? That's how you get the break even percentage um, for uh, a, a bet like that. And, and last year, and so plus 750 for the for the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs is 11.76 break even. So if you think either one has a 12% or better chance to win the Super Bowl, it has value. Um, last year at this time, Tampa Bay was six or seven to one. I think it was six to one. I think it was plus six fifty. Yeah, and, and six fifty. And the Kansas City Chiefs were plus five fifty in some places, plus six hundred in other places. So, the, the, on first blush, what this is showing is that the league is starting to spread out a little bit, right? Kansas City is still one of the favorites. They are no longer the favorite, and their likelihood to win the Super Bowl per these odds have gone down from last year to this year. That, that's one thing to initially look at. Uh, I think that that's a, a very interesting thing. The next one is to look at teams and, and how they've sort of changed since uh, even the even the postseason, right? So looking at two teams specifically, and I, and I hate to do this to you, George, but San Francisco and Cincinnati are both, per DraftKings, 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. 
both of those teams were something I know Cincinnati specifically was 20 to one going into the playoffs this year to make, to win the Super Bowl, right? San Francisco started the year 12 to one uh, last year, depending upon where got you up, look. I think got up to 12 to one. I think it, they were 14 to one for a lot yeah. of the offseason. So, so they basically stayed the same, but they were longer than 14 to one, I believe going into the playoffs this year. And, and so you think about this logically, even though the Bengals and the Niners as four and six seeds were long shots, they, they made a pretty decent run. And the number of things that have to go right for them when you start the playoffs is far shorter, isn't it? Than the list of things that have to go right for them this off season, this regular season and next postseason, right? Like, so those are numbers to me that I think just don't make as much sense as maybe some of the more long shots uh, available on the market. Yeah, I would generally agree with you. Although I think there are a couple of a couple things to take into consideration. So I think Cincinnati and San Francisco are very different. Um, the San Francisco fourteen to one is interesting because I personally believe they've still got a shot at um, like the Tom Brady thing. To me, is still weird. I, I don't fully believe that he's actually retired. I think he could be waiting on a call from San Francisco. That would obviously change those quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't believe that that's baked into this at all, but it would be baked into which one would I rather bet? So if you said, Hey, make a bet on either San Francisco or Cincinnati at 14 to one, I'm betting on San Francisco in a heartbeat, like not even remotely close. And that's not to say anything bad about Cincinnati. They have a very tough division, just like San Francisco does. They also just played in the Super Bowl and lost. And that is a little bit of extra fatigue, a little bit of extra um, that they have to overcome going into the next season. We've seen how that's worked out for teams in the past. It's been a disaster. Um, and they also have this ratification of the decisions that they've made this year that may have been minus EB, as evidenced by the, <laughs> the extensions for Zach Taylor. Cincinnati's offense still is, in my opinion, uncreative and lacks. Like, I'm just not buying into that being sustainable. And so I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but that would be an obvious one for me. Dallas is also 14 to one. And that one's interesting because if you're thinking about betting on a, a team to go uh, win the Super Bowl, I'll tell you how I approach this. I immediately looked at the two conferences. The AFC is a gauntlet. I mean, first off, they have the two favorites, the plus 750 in Kansas City and Buffalo. I'm not totally sure that Kansas City should be you know, a, a, a tied with Buffalo or that Buffalo shouldn't be the outright favorite, given how tough Kansas City's division is, the fact that Denver could get Aaron Rodgers. Um, the AFC is just way harder. So if you're looking at a team to make a run and win the Super Bowl, the NFC is the place that I would look. Um, Dallas is interesting, although Dallas always gets um, a lot of love. Um, I, I generally thought about where I would bet here at like basically every team after the set of 14 to ones. That was kind of my mindset. Here, here's another thing about, because I agree with you on the bills, even though it kills me to say this, the Buffalo bills here um, have a tougher, have a tough schedule. Like they had a very easy schedule this year. Um, in 2022, they have green Bay, um, Tennessee, which is the one seed in the conference. Uh, obviously new England twice, Miami twice, both teams with winning records. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, um, Kansas City, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so it's not cheap. It's not easy for them. Um, Kansas City, though, has the NFC West, which is, you know, 
four teams that are all playoff caliber. They have the AFC West, which is going to be whatever it is. I mean, two games against Herbert, two games against Carr, two games against Denver, possibly with Aaron Rodgers. Um, They have uh, a game against Tennessee. They have a game um, against Cincinnati again. They have a game against Buffalo and they have a game against Tampa Bay who could very well like, you know, do, you know, do some things in the offseason and make them competitive. So I think this is very much a, a nod to what you and I think, which is like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in football. Mahomes is probably a slight favorite, but the team for Buffalo is, and, and like, I'll be honest, like I think the coaching staff for Buffalo maybe is a little bit better than the chiefs. So they, they sort of put them in even um, as sort of a nod to the two best quarterbacks. But to me, it's not a great, I wouldn't bet either one. And, and, and here's a little bit of like sort of, you know, folks, you know, asking for a little bit of education on this stuff. This is what we're going to do. If you, if you take all the break-even probabilities, right? So for Kansas City and Buffalo, it's 11.76. For the Rams at, at 10 to 1, it's 9.09. Dallas, all the 14 to 1 teams, it's 6.67. And you add them up, right? If you add them up, you're going to get a number that's, that's greater than 100%. Because the, obviously, the sports book needs a reason to take your bet. Um, the, the sharpness of the market, and we're using DraftKings because it's familiar with us, but you could use Circa, you could use FanDuel, you could use Pinnacle when, when they post theirs. Um, but the sharpness of the market is obviously the, the size of the overround, right? The, the overround is there to protect the books from uncertainty. You know, Tampa Bay, uh, Brady coming back instead of, <laughs> instead of retiring, or to your point, San Francisco getting Brady, or Aaron Rodgers going to Denver, so on and so forth. Like, you know, they don't want to be hugely exposed. They want a little bit of um, over. They want a little bit of cushion. So that overround for the DraftKings market currently is 20, 23.79%. So what that means is if you are betting into this market right now, you need to have a sizable edge to, to make that bet for a few reasons. One, the, you know, the difference between the implied probability and the break-even probability is as big as 2% for some teams. Um, and for other teams, it's, you know, a factor, you know, it's a, it's a few tenths of a percent for some of the long shots. Um, but it, but it's, it's huge. Um, so you need an edge to overcome that. Uh, and then additionally, you're tying your money up uh, for the better part of 12 months here. So you, you, you know, the, if you have an edge in like, let's say another sport or you have an edge in, you know, NFL draft props and things like that, um, you're giving up the opportunity to capitalize on that by by putting your money um, on some of these futures tickets right away. By the way, the, so the difference between a break-even probability when we reference that, that's the percentage of the time that you have to believe that team will will win in order for your bet to be plus EV. And those are going to be higher than the implied probability. In other words, you your implied probability is, okay, this is what the implication is based on the sports books prices but for you to break even you've got to do a little bit better than that right and that's exactly as you're talking about that's the tax that the sports book has um and it shouldn't be surprised I, I think some people will hear that and go oh wow that sounds like super crooked or like you know unfair that happens every single um time you place a bet right when you see minus 110 it's not a coin flip it's 53.4 percent right and um, those things uh, are how the sports book is obviously going to give itself that little bit of extra 
um, cushion because um, they need it. <laughs> they want to make money. Yeah. They want to be profitable. Like that's how it works. Um, and at minus 110 though, the, the difference is at minus 110, 52.38% is the break even. Um, so you add those two things up and the, the hold, which is what we're calling, you know, the hold there is 4.8% ish for the sports book. So betting a game is obviously a lot less, you're giving a lot less of the house edge back to the, to the house when you bet just a specific game. Um, and, and so again, you have to have a really big conviction that that number, uh, is either going to move in your direction or you have a humongous edge to bet a future, um, and in, in, in another way, you sort of have, and, and there's a, sort of another aspect of this, which I think uh, our friend Ben Brown writes about on the website a lot is the type of sports book you actually want to bet these with is probably more of like a credit one where you don't act like, where essentially it's a, you know, one of these paper heads, like sort of offshore type of situations where you don't have to, it doesn't actually take out of your bankroll, if that makes sense. Um, uh, you know, but th that, that's a little bit deeper into it. Um, George. The question that I have then, because the, I think the you lost you lost some people with that one. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. The, the difference between the difference between the break even and the implied obviously decreases exponentially as the further you go down, mm -hmm. right? Which is why, like, say for example, the the one bet that I really like, um, and and I would possibly think about is Cleveland at thirty to one, um, because there, you know, you need a break even of three point two three. The implied there is two point six one. Um, you know, I, I think Cleveland has a much better roster than that number would imply. Um, I also think you're fading Cincinnati, which I want to talk about in a second, um, possibly fading Baltimore, although I also like Baltimore um, as well, maybe a little less just because of the way that the numbers are aligned. Um, but the, the, the issue with these markets, too, is that unlike, um, you know, game by game betting or win totals, except for special books, like let's say Circa, when they pull them out, you can't explicitly fade a team here. Like I can't go and say, you know, Cincinnati's 14 to one. I think that's really stupid. Let me lay. And then it would end up being like minus 1600, minus 1700 on the no for Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. Um, in some places you can do that, but because of this over round of 23.79%, if I don't think the Bengals, are going to win the Super Bowl, I still have to be a decent handicapper to go in and bet the teams I think will in order to make money off of that notion. Yeah, it's how you fade a team, right? It, it, we've talked about this a bunch, right? It's like, oh, I don't believe in this team. So, you know, in this division, I'm going to bet their their rivals, right? And um, or, you know, a win total. Where it's like, I really don't believe in, in, you know, in this team. So I'll bet one of the other teams in the division, uh, you know, over win total. Cleveland is interesting. I kind of had a feeling that you were going to like Cleveland. So Cleveland is uh, 30 to one. Let me just run through the, um, the rest of the odds here. Cause we went up to the, the top, I think six favorites. So it goes Kansas city, Buffalo uh, plus seven fifty, LA 10 to one Dallas, San Francisco, Cincinnati, 14 to one green Bay, 16 to one Baltimore, Denver, 20 to one Tampa Bay, Tennessee, 22 to one new England chargers, Cardinals, Colts, 25 to one. Your Browns, Seattle Seahawks are both, um, sorry, your Browns are 30 to one. The Seahawks, the Saints, and the Vikings, your Vikings are 35 to one. The Dolphins and the Eagles are 40 to one. Our Falcons, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Commanders, and take me a while to get you saying that. The Panthers are 50 to one. Chicago 
and the Giants are 80 to 1. Jacksonville is 100 to 1. Houston, New York, the Jets, and the Lions are, pl- are uh, 150 to 1. Disrespectful to put the Lions uh, in the same breath as the, the Jets. And um, honestly, kind of strange that the Jags aren't uh, also plus, uh, or sorry, one. I think Houston's just 150 to 1 just because the division's so bad and like yeah. there's actually a path there. Whereas, no, there's I, I guess there is not a path the there. Going for them. The Jets, it, the Jets are a better team than Houston and Detroit, I think, but they have the Bills and possibly the Patriots and the Dolphins to contend with. Um, I'm, I'm it, shocked. I'm shocked that you haven't gotten rid of your your Jets love yeah. yet. Okay, let me let me throw a couple out here that um, that I think have some value. Now, uh, remember my initial kind of hypothesis here is if you're going to pick a team to make it to the Super Bowl and win. Um, the path in the NFC is just one that's going to be easier. Um, and I'm going to look at a couple teams. The first team that I'm going to look at here is the Green Bay Packers at 16 to one. You look, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return, they, this number is going to plummet. Right. Um, but right now you're taking advantage of the fact that there's uncertainty there in Green Bay and their recent playoff history has people really down on them. But there are a couple things that we know. Aaron Rodgers has been very, very good. Devontae Adams has been the best receiver in the NFL. They also dealt with injuries last year. They had Jair Alexander out for most of the year, Bakhtiari out for almost the entire year. Um, And they are playing in a division that's not particularly good, should be relatively easy for them to get, uh, to win that division. If not, also get the number one seed overall in the playoffs. And despite the fact that they lost to the Niners in Green Bay, that's still a formidable home field advantage. So that's one that I look at. Tampa Bay 22 to one is also really interesting to me because they have a path, I think, towards still getting a good quarterback. They're going to get Tom Brady. But you look at that division, you have the Saints with a quarterback question mark. You have the Falcons who have been a total uh, and complete disaster. And the Panthers are 80 to one, which I think is actually maybe too rich. Um, so 22 to one, I think that's interesting if they go get Watson or they get Russell Wilson or hell, even Kirk Cousins. I think that's a value. And then as I go down uh, the list, a team that sticks out to me, and I know you're going to not like this one, but the Eagles at 40 to one. And when you talk about, okay, what are you fading here? Well, I'm kind of fading the Dallas Cowboys. And I know the Cowboys have all the, um, all the talent in the world to make it and win the Super Bowl, But there's something about the fact that Jerry Jones is already talking about his defensive coordinator being a head coaching candidate. That makes me just go, yeah, I kind of want to fade that team winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, the NFC East has the AFC South. So that's nice. They also have the NFC North, which that's kind of going to be nice. Like to me, the Eagles fade is less of a, it's actually less of, and, and they have like a Saints team that doesn't look quite as good. They have a Pittsburgh team that doesn't look quite as good. So, okay, I, I, I'm i going to back off a little bit of my Eagles oh. like hatred. Um, and I don't even hate them. I just, to me, I just think that they're, they're a team that kind of got happy off of an easier schedule last year. Um and, you know, obviously we found out in the playoffs that Tampa Bay team wasn't at their highest form uh, and pretty much handled them um, in the playoff game. 
despite getting a ton of sharp money, you know, in that game moved it down from what, 10 to seven and a half by game time, maybe seven. Um, but, but yeah, it doesn't look like their schedule is the murderer's row that Washington's was, you know, when we made a similar move there, it's basically their division, which sucks Two divisions that very much could suck off, you know, their schedule. And then they have the, um, you know, where, you know, the second place finisher in the, in the, in the South, which is the saints, you know, losing their head coach Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, that sort of off conference game while well, they're losing their quarterback too. Not that that matters that much. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, that's not terrible. Can you yeah, see Jalen Hurts <laughs> make a Super Bowl though? Well, I mean, that's the thing. So Jalen Hurts had a top, he had the 10th best PFF grade this year. Now, a lot of that is his rushing ability, but his passing ability has been maligned to a point that is a bit more egregious than the data would say. Um, they had a top six. They were sixth in EPA per play on first and second downs last year. Um, the other teams, by the way, in that that were ahead of them, Tampa Bay, the Rams, Green Bay, San Francisco, Seattle, which I found to be actually pretty interesting. Um, and if there were less question marks about Russell Wilson, that would be a team that I'd be interested in, although that division is particularly challenging in the NFC. But the Eagles also have three top 20 picks. And so, you know, this draft is not one that we're particularly stoked on, but they have, you know, they're in a position where they have, I think, the, the components that you would need to kind of be a, a spunky right. team. I will say this. I anticipate them being, to your point, the um, the hipster pick very soon. So I'm getting out ahead. I'm getting ahead of this. I'm not going to become a hipster in the middle of the Eagles' love. I'm going to get out ahead of it. They were 40 or something to one when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Um, and that was, you know, second year of Wentz. Mm -hmm. This is the second year of Hurts as a starter. Um, as you said, I think, you know, Sirianni is a lot better than what we thought. Um, you know, I, Gannon, I, I'm not hugely impressed with him. I, I, I was sort of wondered why he got a little bit of head coaching looks given their defense didn't do a ton of creative stuff last year. But um, one of the things we'll talk about maybe this podcast or the next one is, uh, you know, a thought, my, uh, my thoughts on creativity on defense, I guess. And then, um, but, but look, like the, this is a flyer. And again, um, this is one where, as you said, if you grab it now, maybe the hipster pick is to, for them to get down to 30 to one, and then you're just holding a better ticket than everybody else is. Um, so, so that's a good one. Um, here, here's, the, here's an interesting thought that I have. And, and not that this matters because all of these are break-evens or less than 2%. But this collection of teams, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina. Yeah. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I think I, I look Vegas is a much better outfit than Car Carolina stinks, George. Carolina's trash, dude. I, I, I don't have any idea how Carolina belongs in that group. Atlanta, look, Atlanta stinks too. Like we're not, we're not. Let's not get it twisted. They they pushed seven this year, which is yeah. Thank God by a, yeah, by a miracle. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't get seven and a half, so I lost some of those bets later when I continued to jump on the train. Um. But they're better than freaking Carolina, right? They got their head on straight more than Carolina does. I know Matt Ryan is one more year, hashtag mm -hmm. one more year. But, like, I don't get Carolina being in this group. I think I can see Washington being in this group because if they go out and get a good quarterback, then they could they could obviously have a chance. Pittsburgh is in the similar straight. I think them 
getting Brian Flores and having him be assistant head coach and linebacker coach sort of shows that like this isn't a sort of retirement voyage for Mike Tomlin. Like he's still going to try to win. So like all those yeah, teams kind of deserve guy. a a thought by me. Carolina, if I could lay fifty, if I could lay six, you know, minus six thousand on them, like I, I might because I, I I don't know. I just don't think. Uh, you know, obviously you wouldn't do that, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like I love that group. Yeah. I'm with, I saw that. And I was like, why isn't Carolina? Carolina's like, should be with the jets. Honestly. Yes. Agreed. And, and the one there that is, you know, Chicago's 80 to one, like I give me Chicago at 80 to one before you're giving me Carolina at 50 to one, hundred percent. But that 50 to one group is interesting because there are a couple of teams in there that I would consider you know, placing a long shot bet on. And I think Pittsburgh is the one, right? They, here, here's the, here's the angle on Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not going to sit here and continue to bury Big Ben after he's retired, but Big Ben was horrible, man. Like he was really, really, really bad. And they have talent on that team. I mean, they have, TJ Watt is one of the, what, maybe five best defenders in, in the entirety of the league. Um, They've got receivers that can make plays with the football. Um, and Mike Tomlin is a really good coach. I mean, that guy has put up with a ton of stuff and continues to be competitive. And they're in a position where they're, there's a little bit of me that feels like they're planning on making some kind of move for a quarterback that can win now. Yeah. And so if that's the case, you're in a position to, um, to get a lot of value there at 51. Vegas is hard for me because there's a lot of – I have a lot of skepticism about McDaniel bringing the Patriot way to Las Vegas. Like mm-hmm. good luck to you. Um, and that division is Plus so freaking hard. So hard. Yeah, yeah. And it like, it could get harder. Like that division is not getting easier. The, the thing with the AFC West that's you have to price in and I guarantee you, everyone's going to look at this. And I was going to ask you this, like what's the team that when people look at this, they go, Oh yeah, that's a no brainer. I'm betting them. Cause I think there are two. Uh, this year. Um, yeah. and, I, and I actually agree with this one. Um, Baltimore 20 to one. Okay. When everybody looks at this list, everybody, I think, I think people jump to Baltimore at 20. To I want to talk. I want to talk about Baltimore in a second. Who's the other one? Um, the chargers are 25, to one, yeah. but yeah, everybody's it, the chargers chargers. 25 to one. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, the chargers at 25 to one, if you randomly, if you were redistributing the teams into divisions, the chargers 25 to one would be a great bet, but the chargers are in a division that it's only going to potentially get way harder, right? Like the only thing that could happen in the AFC West is that the Broncos either get Aaron Rodgers or a rookie quarterback that ends up being really good. They're not going to get a rookie quarterback that's worse than what they had before. Like it was trash. So the Chargers are that one where I know people are going to gravitate towards them, but it's like, you know, their division is so tough. And I feel like the Raiders well, I, are I in I think the same team. thing's true about Pittsburgh, by the way, at 50 to one. So like, this is my argument against a team like Pittsburgh, which I think it was similar to last year. And it, to me, the you got to think about like okay for Pittsburgh to succeed, the Ravens, the Ravens and the Browns and the Bengals all have to falter. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting that happened this year was the Ravens and the Browns faltered, but the Cincinnati Bengals didn't. Right, so yeah. it, it's sort of like you have to do. Whereas I think with. Um, it's sort of an or for some of these other teams, but for, for the team, like if you're fifth, if you're fourth place in the division, you need 
like the three teams ahead of you to all struggle. And like for, for various noisy reasons, the Ravens and the Browns did in 2021, but the Bengals didn't because, you know, it's just bound to happen that one of those three teams would meet expectations. And then so Pittsburgh couldn't win the division and, you know, they barely squeaked into the playoffs. Um, and I it think that that's good. true kind of like, like the Chargers are kind of the same thing, right? Like the Chargers to win the Super Bowl need Kansas City, who, in my opinion, didn't even have a great year last year. I don't think they met at well, they went under the win total for the first time since Andy Reid was the coach. I, I, you need essentially what Kansas City not to get better, the Raiders not to get better, and the and the Denver Broncos not to get better, and you to meet expectations, which to me is just like a thin needle to thread when you are the San Diego slash Los Angeles superchargers. Yeah, I'd invest. Look, I really want to see the chargers do well. I'd find other ways to invest in them. Like yeah. maybe uh, I'm sure Herbert will be overvalued for MVP too, but whatever. Let's talk about the Ravens because here's the thing. Eric. I looked at this and I immediately looked at Baltimore. In fact, I went into it before opening this up. I was like, I am really curious where Baltimore is going to be. Because last year, and we haven't published this article yet, but we will, Ben Brown, and I forget who he did this with, but um, talks about war-adjusted uh, injuries lost. So in other words, how much did a team really suffer from injuries? And it's not just looking at overall, like how many injuries did you have, like what positions. And I think we can look at cluster injuries as well as something that we talk about a lot. The Ravens were torched from an injury perspective especially in the secondary they had so there were so many games where they just had no one out there in the secondary obviously Lamar got injured but there's something there that is still was still bugging me and so I went and I looked at some of the data because to me in 2019 they were just so damn efficient uh, of an offense and it wasn't just the running game their passing game was really efficient they have been a below average offense using expected points added per play on first and second down over the past two years. And I guess my question to you is like, are you, do you believe that that is a little bit fluky? Um, and if so, like why? Because there's a really strong case here, which is Lamar Jackson is one of the few sing like singular talents at quarterback. John Harbaugh is a top three, if not, you know, one coach in the NFL they have a ton of talent all over the roster. Um, why would you not bet them at 20 to one to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, especially because, again, you're finally getting the tail on the Ravens here, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a team that was favored to go to the Super Bowl coming into the playoffs in 2019. I think they were either first favorite or second favorite in 2000 and. 20 and then last year they were in that sort of 10 12 to 1 range you continue to get a fatter tail right in the payout here Love um, it when, you, when you give it last year tail. last year you got uh ronnie stanley injured marlon humphrey was injured i just you know, tweeted this thing. I, marlon humphrey tore his pectoral muscle against the steelers the ravens did not win another game they, they were eight and three and they lost six straight games after marlon humphrey got injured Tyler uh, huntley <laughs> yeah think about this so so look at their the the um here are the top four players for the baltimore ravens in cap hits in 2022 lamar jackson fifth year option he missed what six seven games last year i can't even remember the number ronnie stanley 
his second. He missed, you know, basically the whole season. Marlon Humphrey missed the aforementioned five full games in the, the end of that sixth game. And then Marcus Peters is fourth. He missed the whole season. Mm-hmm. So you look at that team and, you know, you get those players back, right? Um, you, they got some great value on guys like Tyus Bowser in free agency. Um, you know, Chuck Clark is still a good player. Um, you know, uh, they, I think that, you know, ba- Patrick Bateman and- looked really good last year like Hollywood Brown started to figure yeah. it out. Mark Andrews. Mark is, Andrews was, and I say this as a Travis Kelsey stand. Mark Andrews was the best tight end in the NFL. Don't you dare. George Kittle exists. Mark Andrews was the most valuable tight end in the NFL last year. That, But that's, be, that's because he had literally no one, like they were just behind all the time and chucking it up over the middle. Sure, of the but George, but don't, George, but if you are drafting tight ends right now, George Kittle goes number of one. Course, don't you dare. I would, I would take, yeah, I, Kittle's younger and better at a lot of things than Kelsey is. Kelsey's had a more accomplished career. But the the Andrews thing, though, we have to give credit where it's due, right? Most of us thought Andrews, or at least I did, thought Andrews was a guy who benefited big time from that offense, right? We thought that he was always getting so many layups on these crossers in play action and everything's so wide open for him. Mark Andrews last year with Tyler Hundley at quarterback for a decent chunk of the year was making plays by himself right? Like he was getting open. He was making contested plays. He was, you know, running after the catch. Mark Andrews, I think solidified himself last year as a bona fide top three tight end in the NFL. And that was something that we all, we all thought he was more of a product of the system than anything else. And I think he proved a lot, at least me proved me. We thought he was fourth. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, like he was behind Darren Waller last year and now he's, he's top three, but I, but I think he's in the conversation to be the top guy, but nonetheless, Top four players in Flamber. cap hit this year for the Ravens missed a significant part of the year last year yeah. and did did so at four value three valuable positions cornerback, left tackle, and quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm a big time fan of, of betting into them this year. Um, you know, again, they don't necessarily need. So think about this, because they essentially need one thing to happen for this door to open. They need the Bengals to falter, right? They don't need like. The, the the Pittsburgh not being very good is a favorite, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, but is that is that the not thing? being very good is also a favorite. They have less of a path than like Pittsburgh would out of the four spot. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't think that that's the thing they need to have go right though. And I agree. This is one of you know. So I think it's going to be. I think the the Bengals are going to have a tough time just making it back to the playoffs next year. And people assume they're just going to you know go to five more Super Bowls. That's ridiculous. The thing for me that needs to happen for the Ravens is their offense with Lamar Jackson has not been consistently good enough over the last two years. Yes. That's the thing that needs to improve. And I think it can. I absolutely think it can, Um, especially if they have, you know, a guy like Ronnie Stanley, who's top three left tackle in the NFL when healthy. Um, And was interesting what we saw last year before kind of all the injuries came crashing down was that Lamar Jackson was playing, was throwing the ball better as a player uh, as a, when the team was behind than he ever had before. That was kind of the big knock, right? In that year that they did really, really well in 2019, they had the fewest snaps from behind uh, over any team the past like six seasons. Then the next year, it kind of caught up to them. What was interesting is that Lamar Jackson and that team sort of figured out how to, how to throw the ball. It was small sample size. Um, when losing. So I, I have some faith there. That's why I like them at 20 to one. Any other teams that 
you want to make a case for betting um, or shall we move on? Well, I know, I know we talked about this briefly um, and, and I think you did it. You used it on your, um, your NFL network spot. Yes, I did. I borrowed your take. I like the I Jaguars. Sent you a thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do like the Jaguars. Um, I, I just think again, like not that, you know, and there, and people are like, Oh, who's the next Bengals? Chances are no one like, you know, the, the fact is, is, you know, the Rams and the Bengals are the two lowest odds teams to make the Super Bowl. And I think there was, I think the Patriots were similar, you know, one, but like, it, it's not going to happen likely, but if, if a team is going to make that run, it's going to be the Jaguars at something like 100 to one, or depending upon where you look, uh, young talent, bad division coach who has a clue quarterback who has a lot of talent. Um, th- that to me is the, the angle that you can make there. Um, I wouldn't put anything more than like a few bucks on it, but like, it, it's a thought, it's a thought that, you know, you could have. Yeah. Um, I think that's a cool long shot. I don't know that I like any of the super long shots. Um, no, you're not going in on the jets. I'm not going in on the jets. Um, as much as I love Dan Campbell, I'm not going in on the lions either. Chicago is kind of interesting. Um, stink, man. I I know, and that's the t- I just have a hard time. I, I'll tell you what, the Eagles honestly at forty to one are like the biggest long shot that I that I sort of like. And I know you hate the Vikings, but I kind of like the Vikings at thirty five to one too, like totally turning things over. Potential. That's kind of saying okay, here's a way to bet. You know, with the Aaron Rodgers going outside of Green yeah. Bay, right? Because if if he does leave Green Bay the way to kind of capitalize on that is the fact that the Vikings become a huge favorite. I don't um, think I'm going to short the Vikings at all this year. I mean, I think that there's a path to them being okay. I, it depends upon what they do with the quarterback, but mm-hmm. you know, it's another situation where you have to be careful. You have to look at like where, you know, like do what we did with Philadelphia where I, my initial thought process was, yeah, I think they're going to regress because they had it so easy this year. Well, they have it easy again this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure, you know, you look at um, what the division looks like. That is the case for Detroit, by the way. Um, the Vikings could move on from Cousins and go with the bridge guy. The Bears could stink. I mean, if you look at the Bears roster, I mean, if Justin Fields doesn't work out, that team's going to win three games. Um, and, and Green Bay if they move on from Adams and Rogers, uh, you know, good luck. My, my, my Matt LaFleur theory will be tested. Let's just say. Um, so that that's the, that's the path for Detroit um, it is the entire division crumbling and them sort of like Jared Goffing their way to a nine and eight four seed. Um, but, but that's, you know, whatever. We have some segments coming up before we get there. You can get 25% off right now on any PFS subscription because you are listening to this podcast. Exactly. That's all you had to do was be a loyal listener. Use promo code forecast F O R E C A S T and get 25% off. Now it's weird. Now is like the best time to get a subscription. The reason for that is that you get a year long subscription carries you all the way through the most important parts of the year, right? You've got the draft and free agency. PFF does that content better than any other place on the planet by a mile. So you get all PFF's locked article content or NFL draft guide or free agency rankings, all of that. Plus, Prepare yourself for your fantasy league, unlike anyone else, right? Be ready with all that stuff as soon as it comes out. Don't wait till the last minute. Be ready to rock. And then, of course, get all PFF's awesome betting tools, our player props tool, our best bets tool, our betting dashboards. And there'll be some new stuff, some exciting stuff that you want to be in on. Plus, of course, all of the premium data and PFF grades that make PFF the best 
subscription on Sportscope to pff.com, use promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T, and get that hooked up ASAP. Also, we are proud to be presented by our friends at Western and Southern Financial Group. When you're focusing on making roster moves, remember, in your real life, you need to be focused on making some money moves. And that's where Western and Southern can help you, whether it's buying your first home, planning to start a family, if you're you know, completely crazy, um, or wondering how to make your money grow, which I think everyone should be interested in. Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions help you rest assured on game day. Don't think it's just like happening behind the scenes. Go make some investment strategies now and then let that work for you to your advantage. Go to westernsouthern.com slash PFF to see how they can help you get started on the path to financial success. All right. Um, Jawan, we have a Jawan Howard just threw a punch post game here. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Apparently he like tried to punch the other team's coach. Oh my goodness. Um, you're getting ready for, for college basketball. Oh, yeah. That's okay. what you're telling me. That's we, what you're telling me. So, so let's start this new segment. Yep. Okay. I'm going to take the lead here and, and, I'm excited. and we're going to test you. This okay. is called, and I, I'm, we're workshopping the name, mm-hmm. but this is ball sack or just whack. Let us know okay. what you think. I like that a lot. Just whack also sponsored by um, Manscaped. Manscaped. Exactly. Um, brought to you by Manscaped. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to read a quote and you're going to have to decide if it was just whack. So somebody just being stupid. Okay. And saying something that was nuts or a, a, a quote, a fake quote made by the parody account, ball sack sports. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm going to start with one. Um, Miles Gaskin is my third overall running back in dynasty leagues and someone you should be acquiring at all costs. He's fast. Uh, he was two tenths of a second away from running a four, three flat. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He will capitalize ball out in 2022 with Doug Peterson calling plays. Ball sack or just whack? Um, that is so. If you're doing <laughs> that, has that has to be just whack because that sounds exactly like every single fantasy, um, like average fantasy and analyst tweet right now. So, so this is by Drake Jordan. Dynasty oh. champ one. I Damn do it. believe that this is actually yeah. So um, that's that's ball sack because Drake Jordan's a parody account. Yes. So this one yeah. is this one's actually a trick question because it is yeah. It is so like I ball kind sack of got it right. <laughs> but 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 it is it is actually a real quote that somebody tried to use, and I just thought it was funny because I can't wait for season season again where yeah. it every it's everybody's season. But the, mm-hmm. the way that you knew that this was a parody was. Two tenths of a second away from running a four-three flat. I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Okay, uh, that's amazing. Okay, Here's well, the next one. That was good. Um, that was a good start to this segment. Okay, this is by this is a quote. I think greatest shooter of all time is subjective. If I had to pick one shooter with my life on the line, I'm probably taking MJ. I think it makes for great conversation, though. I'm blessed to coach one of the very best in Steph. That is obviously a Steve Kerr quote, and I think it is ball sack. Ball sack. Okay, you're two and zero. Oh. <laughs> there, there's no way that Steve Kerr is giving that quote. Actually, <laughs> I mean, also like Michael Jordan was a, 
amazing basketball player. But and but like who would even say like who would who would be forcing who would force up a, a take like that? Yeah, well, the question is poorly asked, in my opinion. So if you have the game on the line and you have to put the ball in someone's hands and say, go win the game, you're going with Michael Jordan. The, saying who you want to take a shot, it's like, well, yeah, if it's a fucking wide open three. Yes, I want Steph Curry to take that shot. But anyways, I, I digress. I could yeah. my basketball takes, uh, Eric, are starting to sharpen. Okay. Okay. All right, here's another one. Everybody's just running from the grind nowadays, teaming up with each other. Back in my day, we did it the hard way. If you can't <laughs> win alone, you're considered a bum, period. Kevin Garnett. Uh, this is good because this, I, 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 this one is ball sack. And the reason you know it's ball sack is that Kevin Garnett literally had to team up with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen to win uh, a championship. But people believing that this was correct and this was like a real quote um, is him yelling this one for soda after winning it too. By the way, yeah, (laughs) Um, that's like Cousins going to Washington winning a championship. All right, I got one more. And actually, I have two, but I'm going to limit the segment to one more. Okay. You get to choose one cereal for the rest of your life. What is it? Frosted Flakes (parentheses). Crackling Oat Brand, a close number two, and of course, let it get soggy. And then he had, and then the there's the emoji of the the fingers, sort of like mm-hmm. the uh, put together with the with the um, the, with the thumb. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, soggy cereal is absolutely disgusting. Cereal in to, general is like is I, a child's food. At this please point. let me finish my take. I. I think people that eat cereal are, are kind of ridiculous. Cereal killers? No. Uh, how cereal, cereal is not good. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, it's just not. There's so many things that you can eat that are so much better than cereal, not just from a taste perspective, but like, obviously from a nutrition perspective, cereal stinks. Cereal is awful. You want to get mad at me? Get mad at me. You're wrong. Cereal sucks. Um, this sounds to me like something Dan Orlovsky would say. Yeah, so it's exactly it's Dan Orlovsky. So um, it is. It, is it Dan Orlovsky? So it's just whack. It's it's from Dan Orlovsky. It's, it's just <laughs> of whack. It is. Um, That's by the way, awful. the worst takes of all time. I did somehow get through this segment. This one, it will not happen again. But I, I got through this segment without quoting one of the Acho brothers. That's. I'm I'm, I'm actually shocked because didn't one of them say? Yeah, the other one that's on the on the page is him ranking the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. This is Sam yeah. Acho, not okay. Emmanuel Sacho. Before you play the javelin, Acho. Yep. Um, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Joe Burrow or Joe Burrows, depending upon mm-hmm. uh, which Acho brother I would say. Um, it, that, was, that's interesting okay. who he left out. That's very uh, that's an interesting one for him. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was your initial ball sack or just wax. That was good. That was good. I have uh, so I'm bringing Quibi shows back. So the way this works is I'm going to read you two shows, um, and you're going to have to decide which one is Quibi and which one is made up. You ready? Okay. I actually think we used to do it differently. I would read you the show and you decide if that was Quibi or not. But I only have two here, so you, one of them is Quibi, one of them is not, and okay. you're going to have to figure out which is which. All right. Um, first, first show. It's called Wireless. 
a self-obsessed college student becomes stranded in the Colorado, Colorado mountains and has to rely on his quickly dying phone to survive. Tune in on Quibi and the Quibi app to see whether Tyler will survive. Okay, that's one. The next okay. show is called Wired. As a small boy, he couldn't sleep. Now, as he grows up, Jack Brown realizes why. His brain isn't made like yours and mine. It's a computer. Can he learn enough human skills to save the planet? Or will his supercomputing go to waste? Tune into Quibi every Friday night to find out. I think, so here's the thing. The second show's actually probably got a chance. So the first <laughs> show is Quibi. Wireless is Quibi. You're right. And because the second show actually could be good. The first show has no <laughs> chance. And that's why it's Quibi. And that's why there's no Quibi anymore. The funny thing doing this was I was like, shit, I actually came up with a better show. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, my phone is my phone is dying. How will I survive here in Poor the Colorado? Quibi mountains? just getting dragged through the mud a year after they they basically were like, You're right, you're right, we suck. I mean, oh my God. Absolutely incredible. Um, okay, that was those were two new um segments. I enjoyed them both. Hopefully, you guys did. If you did or you didn't, let us know. Um, we have one last segment. It is recommendations. I, I took a sneak peek at yours and I'm very excited for them. I also have recommendation. I'll let you go first. Cool. So as the season has ended, I've transitioned away from uh, books on uh, books on Audible to reading them, uh, actually reading them. Uh, the one that I just finished up, which was on Audible, which is, I, I think, by somebody who's kindred spirits to you, I, I listened to Taste by Stanley Tucci. I thought it was great. You listened um, to it. I listened to it on, on yeah. And he actually, okay. like, I love books where the author actually talks through it. So, like, Michael Lewis will do that mm -hmm. or some of his. And Stanley Tucci was uh, the actual uh, orator there. And he was wonderful. Um, I didn't realize he had had cancer. Um, and so that was something he revealed in that, mm -hmm. in that book. Um, but he talked about, it, it's so funny because he's an actor and he, he sort of viewed acting as like this thing that he had to do so that he could eat great food, mm -hmm. you know, um, which I thought was funny. And then the next one. And this it's it's how I view I, life as well. <laughs> this is the book that I, that I, uh, I, 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 I just finished. Then One Year by Chris Andrews. Andrews is the sports book operator uh, is a sports book operator in Vegas. He had a book called Then One Day, which is when he talked about his life uh, coming up through the ranks and, and building, you know, sports books and things like that. Um, but actually, and this is a very um, interesting one because I also read a book about last year um, called Unprepared, which was like a day by day look at like different quotes and uh, uh, press clippings about COVID. And that one was kind of sad. This one was actually like how a sports book operator day by day like went through the COVID season. And so he would be like, November 22nd, 2020, we lost 10 games today. You know, uh, we got killed on, on Eagles plus six. And it was like kind of this like interesting look into what it must be like to run the sports book and, and how it was, you know, the uncertainty was supercharged in the COVID era. You know, that got me thinking about something that we didn't talk about today, but would be an interesting conversation, which is, um, did you read the, um, the DraftKings earnings report I did, that came out yeah. last week. So I, I, I read it. I also listened to um, their earnings call. And there's something interesting about, and you've, you've listened to a ton of earnings calls. We've talked about this before, but like there's something interesting to like reading it, but then also like listening to 
people like disseminate the information. It's a very interesting um, conversation to have. We won't have it on this podcast, but could be something we do in the future. My recommendation. So I've been oscillating between like, you know, things that you can buy that people give me shit for because they're rather like they're nice and they're somewhat expensive versus things that are not. And this something um, that is kind of in between because you need a Netflix um, account to watch it. But if you're savvy, you should be able to find figure that out. Um, I watched The Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Have you watched that show or that? Uh, I think I'm going to watch it tonight, actually, because I know okay. that you talked about it and it must have gotten your stamp of approval. So it might be worth mine. It 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 um, it is. And you kind of so here's my advice on it you kind of have to stick with it. You're sitting there and you're going like, wait, like what? Like, where's, where's the swindling? Like, when does this happen? Like what's going on? It does not disappoint. Um, I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but there are so many takeaways that you can have from it about like life (laughs) slash like the difference between like the United States and like Europe. Um, it's fascinating. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. It's good probably with um, a bottle of wine and a significant other as well, Eric. You know, I think Steph would mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, so you can uh, give me some credit when you have a nice nice night enjoying that. It's a, it's a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of long, but you, you, will, you will appreciate it at the end. Um, that was our podcast. Uh, a Sunday podcast, not done late at night, really rejuvenating. We'll be I mean, back we on basketball games. Imagine playing basketball at two in the morning. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna. We got to go rest up for our for our games here. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday evening. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.